Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're going to take a look at what's happening in monetary policy and how that's going to affect the stock market in the coming weeks and months and how this could affect investment psychology and some of the factors that could even trigger a recession. If you go back to the year 2001, we had just come off the irrational exuberance of the dot-com era. I was part of that in the tech industry. Technology stocks were finally recognized as being overvalued, and then we had the September 11th terrorist attacks, which impacted global travel for a period of time. At the end of 2000, interest rates, the federal fund's effective rate, was running around 6.5%. Then the recession hit. Interest rates dropped to 1.75% to be stimulative to the economy, and the stimulus continued until 2004 when interest rates dropped down to 1%. Now we find ourselves in an inflationary environment, with the official inflation rate running at 7% and the producer price index running at 9.75%. We've seen an 11% increase in the price of oil in the first two weeks of January, and we're seeing significant price increases being announced by companies. For example, Sherwin-Williams Paint announced a 12% price increase effective immediately, in addition to the 4% increase they implemented back in September. This is the third price increase in the past 12 months. In fact, I'm predicting that we'll see the price of crude oil above $100 a barrel before the middle of this year. To fight all of this inflationary pressure, the Fed is predicting 3 to 4 interest rate increases to approximately 0.9% by the end of 2022. These are designed to cool off inflation. But this is where I get confused. You see, in the period of 2001 to 2004, a 1% interest rate was designed to be stimulative to the economy. And now, in 2022, a 1% interest rate is supposed to cool things off. It doesn't make sense to me. At best, I don't see it as effective. You see, economic activity is not being constrained these days by the normal free market factors that govern economic growth. In a truly free market, increases in demand are met by increases in investment for supply, which requires capital investment. Capital cost will play a role in supply expansion. And the cost of money, of course, plays a role in companies making decisions to expand production. But today, the cost of money is not the constraint. We don't have a normal free market. We've got exactly the opposite. We have an economy that's been controlled by the constraints of a pandemic with the first order and then second and third order impacts associated with it. We don't have a shortage of truckers to transport goods between the U.S. and Canada. We now have a shortage of 10,000 truckers who happen to meet the vaccination criteria to transport goods across the border. Last week we had enough, and this week we're 10,000 truckers short. See, these are artificial constraints. They are not part of the normal economic forces that happen in a free market. This is going to eventually mean food shortages in some communities, and those food shortages will cause a spike in prices. Higher prices will be seen as inflationary. Oh no, how do you fight inflation? Well, you raise interest rates. Yeah, that's the ticket. Well, it's a little bit like saying, doctor, I've got a headache. And then the government steps in and decides they're going to solve the problem by constraining the supply of Tylenol. And then the population revolts because Tylenol is expensive. And then the government steps in and says, well, it's those greedy pharmacists. They're the ones to blame. So government's going to step in again and take over the manufacture of Tylenol because private enterprise clearly can't be trusted to supply the medicine at a fair price. Now, you think I'm making this up. But if you substitute meat for Tylenol, you'll get the latest narrative from the White House. They're blaming high meat prices on those greedy meat packers in the U.S. And they fail to notice the same constraints on meat packing are happening in all the other parts of the world, and they've had the same effect. In places where artificial constraints were not placed, there isn't an issue. So we don't have a natural free market at the moment. Of greater concern than the interest rate is the Fed balance sheet. 
most of U.S. government debt has been financed using U.S. Treasuries. And over the past two years, the Federal Reserve has been a net buyer of U.S. Treasuries. They're carrying that debt on the balance sheet of the Fed. What they're saying now is that not only are they going to stop buying those extra treasuries that nobody wants, they're going to be a net seller of treasuries into the open market. They're not going to be buying $75 billion of mortgage debt per month from the banks and putting that debt on the Fed's balance sheet. The banks will need to find other ways to securitize that debt. This free money is a little bit like heroin to an addict, and our financial system is completely addicted to this stimulus. We will see a massive case of withdrawal. Even the threat of reducing the Fed balance sheet was enough to take 6.5% of the value off the NASDAQ since the start of the year. More important than interest rates going up, the Fed is going to remove a lot of liquidity from the banking system that they become completely addicted to. You put all these ingredients together, a high rate of inflation, tighter monetary policy, and artificial constraints on the economy, and you have all of the elements of stagflation. I'm also going to make the bold prediction that all of the gains in the stock market over the last two years are going to be completely raised in the first six months of this year. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.